great from y'all season. I am seven five. I can't call it. <laughs> I can't call it, man. Let me know something though. Let us know something. Let us know on the block. We back on the block. Let us know something, man. Yeah, we on the block before the street lights come on. What's up, real ones? The voice coming through your speaker right now is Cameron A. Sharp. Yeah, you know it's. Casino. We're back on the block, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Happy holidays, everybody out there. Happy we holidays. got the opportunity to take our time, enjoy the break. And I was actually getting situated, y'all. I'll be honest with y'all. I was moving. I still came back to the block, though. But I was <laughs> moving around in my real life, trying to get situated. But I am in my brand new place. I'm happy yes, to be back on the block talking with Sino. Fantasy football has been wild. I'm talking about a topsy-turvy year. And we are entering week 15, which means it is playoff time. Some of y'all have bye weeks because you listen to us diligently all year long and won it out. And some of y'all are dealing with toilet bowl situations. Sorry to hear that shit, King. But hopefully you still continue to listen to On The Block as we guide the rest of y'all into glory. Sino, how did you do entering week 15, man? Is everything okay in your leagues? Man, you know, I'm in four leagues. I will never do this again. I'll start off by saying that. Three <laughs> max for me from now on. Three max. And uh, of the four leagues, I made the playoffs in two. I'm 50%. I made the playoffs in two. I missed it in two. I surely thought I was the crazy thing is I surely thought I was gonna make it in one of them which yeah. would give me three but I didn't think I would make it in the one that we're in so that would put me back in two so I guess 50% sounds about right how about you man man I'm over here looking at it right now bro I am in the playoffs in three out of four man I'm sitting at 75 oh, uh my fourth one man I I uh I was I was definitely just just I was monitoring that one. I wasn't really even doing nothing, man. Every move I made was wrong. Every single <laughs> trade I made was bad. Looking back at it, I should have just stuck with what I had. I might have done better throughout my season, but I was overthinking in that league. And you're right, bro. Yeah. Three max for me from here on. I'm not doing no more of this, man. Mo- no more multi-apps either. Y'all going to get me on one app and oh, one app bro. only. You got to be able to put multiple leagues on this app or I'm not doing it no more. All right, all the Yahoo, the ESPN, the Sleepers. You know, we only really be trying to rock with Sleeper when we on the block. <laughs> but, man, I'm, I'm tired of it, y'all. I, I'm I'm unable to do this multi-apping, all right? I rock with y'all. I love fantasy sports, but Sleeper seems to be the one that gives me the best information, keeps me up to date with my roster. They give me major updates in the sports world as well. With all the tabs there, you can check out the point leaders, trending players, and even scores from the weeks that have passed. Sleeper has everything you need, and we appreciate Sleeper for just operating consistently. I know a lot of people said that they were going to do fantasy basketball on this app now man that's dope man they're giving people a lot of options man are you still going to be using it uh maybe next year yeah sleeper cool man I, I like uh that it gives like random facts or like stats and like like baker mayfield it gives his age height weight how long he's been in the league you know and then it'll tell you how he performed in the last couple of games. It, it tells you snap percentages. It tells you his rank according to the, uh, uh, in comparison to the other quarterbacks. Uh, it gives a lot of information. I do enjoy Sleeper. Um, the interface is pretty intuitive. It's pretty easy to use in comparison to some of the other apps that I've used. 
Um, I do play basketball. I, have, I do have a basketball league right now that I'm in. I don't like own it or anything, but it it's actually a different kind of league than um, than Yahoo even offers. So I mean, I think that's cool to be able to play in a, a different kind of uh, like format um, to, than I've ever played before in any other you know on any other app. So now I do I do like the sleeper app. Throughout the 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 year, I do use Yahoo. One of my other leagues is, is in Yahoo. I use Yahoo as well. But um, I I mean I'll continue to use Sleeper. I like both. I actually like both. Mm-hmm. I think they both bring different things to the table. Um, but I do like uh, the interface of Sleeper. In my opinion, is a lot cleaner, and yeah. it, it tells you the scores and stuff. I enjoy that. Player, man, you heard it from Cino first, y'all. I mean, rock with what you rock with, but I mean, I really do appreciate everything Sleeper got going. And I agree, bro. That mm-hmm. tab, that tab system they have, once you click on the player, you can click the summary, game log, team, or history. I'm a game log fan. I like looking at <laughs> the teams that they played, right? And then I go back and view the years behind when they played them. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, last year he did this on y'all. Last season he was balling out. Maybe he has opportunity to do the same thing. And I mean, the way they help you break down charts uh, with all the information they give you there. And, and even like if you go online, there's people that utilize this app so well that they have how to videos on uh, basically guiding people to glory as well. But I mean, I ain't gonna plug y'all here because y'all ain't give me no money. And Sleeper <laughs> sent me some merch one time. So we good. We cool. They family. But man, see, you know, speaking of family, bro, I hope everything's been well with you and y'all have been enjoying your holiday season, bro. I know the lights are out. Things are looking smooth. Did you get the chance to enjoy some some family time and some football on Thanksgiving? I think that's the last time we talked to the people. Yeah, I think so, man. No, nah, nah, I definitely did. You know, I had some dressing and stuff on the Thanksgiving. You know, I was definitely thankful for the food and the football that I was able to receive on that day. Um, no, nah, I definitely got to see family. was definitely able to hang out. Uh, so it was a good time to be on the block with the family. Uh, how, how was your uh, your holiday? Man, everything's been great. It's been everything I wanted it to be. Uh, whenever I get together with my family, it's just one of those things that becomes so surreal because you just put in so many years with these people. They've seen you go through so many phases, so many changes. Uh, it's so wild that we can all sit now and reminisce. I'm at that age with my parents to where uh, I'm not. We're not best friends. It's very clear that they're still my parents, and I am their child. But it's more so of them just instilling more adult information, and, and, and we're having more adult conversations that feel like we're we're vibing on another level and i'm finding out the reasons why i think the way i think when i'm around them man so i really need to go home more often i'm not that far away mom i love you daddy i love you i'll be home soon uh but man it's just one of them things to where man whenever i get back home man i get to i get to being quiet after i get back man it's like i get sad or something man i want to go see my people more man i can't stay in those small towns but uh i do love being around them it's always a nice reason set and it took me a moment to get back and situated because i was trying to find the right home for myself in the great state of texas but yeah i'm here i'm still in texas i'm still doing my thing y'all need to come on down to unbiased texas too and get some of these unbiased truths on the block we can't even see no week after week man it's been so good to be able to not only be with my families throughout the years but i mean shoot to be with you as well see no man i consider you family because i could not have grown up on the real block without 
about you and your family, man. Being outside your front uh, front door every day, you know, knocking on addresses and whatnot, playing on the goal and whatnot till it's dark. We was really out here watching the street lights, you know what I'm saying, before we grabbed microphones. So, I mean, it's like I said, it's all nostalgic and it's nostalgia ultra whenever I'm with my people. So, man, yeah, bro, everybody, I hope y'all had the same type of experiences with your people. No, nah, likewise, you know, I was back on the block on that old block, you know, man. where we used to play mm-hmm. and shoot basketball and, you know, you know, good times, good old times, man. Basketball, football, flag football. Well, not flag, two-hand touch, all of that good stuff. You know, curb knocker. Curb <laughs> knockers. We see a lot of that in these games, man. Even though the game's getting a little, you know, they say it's getting a little soft, you know, we still see a couple of curb knockers and a couple of hard hits here and there, man. Were there any games that had any, you know, hard hits, any curb knockers, any you slobber knockers, team, man? Were there any, or just any games in general that caught, caught you off guard, maybe? Man, uh, and we 14 specifically, bro. I was not expecting Detroit to do what they did, bro. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Oh, Detroit, bro. Detroit, man. I, I just, you know, Minnesota was hailed as one of the juggernauts. They only, are. only a few weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Only they a are. few short weeks ago, they were seen as the juggernauts. But to see the Detroit Lions going there and damn near put up a 40 burger on a juggernaut on a 10 and 3 team. Oh my goodness, man. But they balled out. They showed what they could do. Um, I was surprised to see that they did nothing on the ground, but it was all through the air because we know Jerry Goff has at home. not been elite. But it, <laughs> you, you said it, bro. When he's I'll at home, you. he get at activated. Home. You're right, bro. At home. It's that Motor City spirit, bro. That Motor City spirit coming there. Right. And that arm get that. That arm get loose. <laughs> <laughs> that motor oil on the arm. That's what it is. It's motor oil on the arm. We man. figured it out. <laughs> hey, Jared Goff gets loose on the game. Nah, yeah. He definitely gets loose at home, man. It's crazy. Uh, man, I was surprised, you know, talking about some people that was making it happen through the air, man. I was surprised that uh, my boy Geno Smith couldn't pull it out. He, you know, he had two picks. But, uh, man, I, those Carolina Panthers, man, they, they pounced on them. Mm-hmm. They pounced on those Seahawks. They pounced on those birds, and they got a win, man. That man Sam Darnold came back and led the team. He happened. He turnovers, you know. Carolinas, they're running back by committee, and they're definitely running it hard and heavy on the ground and putting it on the on, on the ground and kind of just playing to the strength of their defense right now. And I mean, the Seahawks put up points, but they just couldn't, I guess, stop Carolina. They couldn't stop them from putting up too many points. Yeah, that was that was a stellar game for sure. You want to know something that really damn near brought tears to my eyes, you know. What was it, that? It was watching the rookie beat the vet. Brock Purdy took oh, on man. Tom Brady and just did a better job of game managing and got the job done. Of course, they did it off of the back of Christian McCaffrey, which that's the reason why they brought them here in the first place, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, Brock Purdy came in there and put on a magnificent performance, the only quarterback of his stature to beat Tom Brady in his first meeting. Damn, man. That shit was, I'm talking about, bro, I was looking at TV 12 like, this can't be. This can't right. be. When your hero falls from grace, this shit is it, trash. It, it's, it's, it's definitely on Tom Brady that he can't, you know, get his team to 
play where they need because I, I mean where they need to play because I mean you have the weapons you have Rashad White and Leonard Fournette you have Godwin and Jones and Mike Evans and Mike Evans come on dog so I mean I get it but what who was I extremely high on a quarterback these last couple of weeks Jimmy Garoppolo yeah the man got hurt Brock Purdy only has to Toss it out to the flat. Bare, just get just get the ball close to Christian McCaffrey. That's all you got to do. Get the ball close to him. You know, you got McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Samuel. Oh, my gosh. He has Jack, Jack Galore receivers, bro. Like, all you have to do. So, yeah, I've been playing Madden for real. <laughs> nah, bro, I'm sliding Purdy in where, where Garoppolo dropped off, bro. It's, you got to. Like you said, he beat, he beat arguably the GOAT bro. at this point. Tom Brady threw it 55 times and couldn't get the job done. It was embarrassing. Bro. I'm like, stop throwing it, Tom. Stop. Please stop throwing it, TB12. Please, bro. It was, it was, it was hard to watch, man. And I had so I have to ask, is this on the Buccaneers or is some of this on Tom Brady? Tom, you need to know your place, bro. Bruce Aarons was just trying to do his job. Why the hell were you causing trouble for that man and his coaching staff? Let that man do his damn job. If you would have let Bruce Aarons do his job, shut up and play the game of football, would not have been in the situation. See, this is why Bill Belichick kept your ass on that leash. Bill Belichick lets you know your place every single chance he got because, hey, you are not bigger than the team. You are not bigger than the franchise. You will do your job and you will clock out. That's all we need you to do. We don't need extra lip. We don't need input. We don't need none of that. And so I think Tom Brady has a lot of explaining to do in the offseason about why he wanted to go this route by speaking up and forcing that organization to make a move that they were not ready to make. But, I mean, overall, bro, this season, though, definitely I'm going to put it on coaching more than Tom Brady right now, man. Y'all got to know how to put things in place for a veteran that y'all decided y'all wanted. All right. It was a sweepstakes. The man could have went anywhere. Y'all were out here pulling strings to get TB12 here. So this was this not on the on the game plan either? Did y'all not expect a decline or or some type of issue with coaching or some type of issue with injuries along the way? Y'all just thought that shit was going to be sweet after the Super Bowl? Y'all thought shit was just going to be smooth sailing. It's just not it's not Madden. Okay? You're not Brock Purdy. Okay, you don't get these options. All right, you nah. gotta go out there and work. You got the nice weather. You got to put up better play. Uh, it, it's really on coaching, though, bro. This year, and I hope that Tom Brady and them in the off season when they relax. Hopefully, they don't relax on South Beach when they relax in the field house after an extreme workout. The offensive line need to be the one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, that also boils down to you know whether or not they they care anymore. Like shit, they ain't finna get beat up for no reason and every reason. Like that shit tough, so, man. Coach ain't calling my plays. Coach got me pulling every goddamn play, blocking for Tom fifty five times. You God said damn. they doing the Willie Beeman, so so dude, Tom Brady's getting the Willie Beeman off of any given Sunday treatment right now. He's getting the Willie steaming Willie Beeman. <laughs> huh? He was talking too much to that cash. Huh? They they said, hold on, Tom. You forgot who protects you. Tom, let me remind you, Tom. Let me show you how you get paid, Tom. You can't get paid without that body. Let me introduce you to my friend across the oops. uh, He just slid across the line, Tom. I didn't see him there. 
Man, I'm telling you, bro. Tom and, and and that team need to come together and figure out what they want to do about his career moving forward. Do they want to start grooming a, a young Jordan Love? You know what I'm saying? Do they need to go find somebody in the draft that can take over for TB12? I don't think they have any contingency plan after TB12. I think it was Super Bowl or bust. Y'all completed the mission. There was no reason to sign this man on. He took more rings, and he's going to lose the most important ring, but that's neither here nor there. But it's just one of those situations where I hope that the Buccaneers could at least end their season healthy at this point. Everybody came back. They're playing on the field. Y'all just end the season healthy. And maybe, just maybe, y'all can get back to where y'all should be. For Shosky, for Shosky. I know we got to jump into the week, but I have one more question because, mm-hmm. you know, the last couple of weeks, man, I don't know, man. The, the, what's your what's your thoughts on that man, Tua? I mean, at one point I was like, Tua T, but now I'm like, oh, Tua T. Tua should have been in my top five. At the beginning of the season, I would have put Tua there. You know, you got Tyreek Evans, you got Jalen Waddle, you know, you had Jaziki. I don't know what happened to him, but you had Jaziki, you know, and now it's like, What's up? What, what, what's your impression on Tua T, man? What's been happening, man? Because I would have thought I had Miami over Los Angeles mm-hmm. because I'm like, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Jalen Waddle, your ring game should be cool. And, you know, they didn't pull it out. You know, Tua T, 10 for 28, 145. He's not focused. And it's obvious, man. I'm not sure if it's due to maybe the injury he suffered earlier in the year. I'm not sure if it's the new coach, um, new players. I mean, damn, man. They started off the season with run running back. Now they got a committee. You nah, see what I'm saying? Bro. A whole um, different committee of running backs yeah. that weren't there. Yeah. And then you got a uh you have a this idea where okay, you got your college, your college homeboy, and you got this superstar. Who do I feed? You know, you can get complacent at some point, man. You can really get to this point where you don't know who to throw it to. You don't know how you want to perform. On top of that, you want to get your stats as well because we all know two is a dual threat. He ain't just throwing the ball. You know what I'm saying? Two will get active on his feet as well. But it could get to the point where your coach is not calling the plays that you're used to. You're not used to anybody uh, else telling you what to do because, I mean, when it comes to being a, a great player, two is great at just improvising. You know what I'm saying? I've seen him do some improvising with that arm that was just, you know, spectacular. But that's also against college players. And we all know those guys are like 19, you know what I'm saying, yep, 20 yep, years old. Yep. That's shit easy. It's easy to ball out on them motherfuckers. But when yep. you come to these grown-ass men, you got to really start making these business decisions. And some of those business decisions are going to cause you to put your emotions aside. And I think he's just rattled right now, trying to kind of build his way through the rest of the season and not lose his spot because he knows what it's like to be injured all year long. I mean, we just saw this. You know what I mean? He damn near a rookie again, if you ask me. But he does have the opportunity to at least end the season healthy. Uh, like I keep on talking about end the season healthy because we are winding down the NFL yeah, season, yeah. the regular season as we know it. And we want to see these guys get out of the season healthy at the end of the day so we're gonna speak that over all of these guys just please in the season healthy to because we saw everybody saw those hits everybody knows uh that you were not okay and and we we understand that when something like that happens you need to go sit your ass down somewhere not just for a day or two for a couple weeks a month not back at <laughs> not not get not not you know back at it the next week or you know, you know, it's it's one of those situations where you have to build yourself back up to be to be the person that you want to be, and that's not just physically; that's also right. mentally and spiritually. That does a lot to you when you when you when you leave and then you come back and you don't remember where you were. 
You know what I'm saying? It's stuff like that that you need to really sit your ass down and think about it. You're not the tough guy that you think you are. I know a lot of people that think that our uh, NFL players are modern-day gladiators, but these guys suffer as well. I mean, look at Russell Wilson, bro. He is looking terrible this year. And I think it has a lot to do with some of the injuries he sustained, man. Russ ain't looking like his mind is there no more, man. When I saw Russ playing football by himself, calling plays and trying to run too many drills, first I thought it was cute. Okay, you know, my boy, he he, he focused. He, he locked in. Well, now when he does it's very very cringe it's like russ nah bro like please tell me you're okay russ are you are you actually seeing these people are you throwing these touchdowns to, to, to tyler lockett right now russ like are you <laughs> is your nah, head you. in the game russ you know what i'm saying and we see you know I, and i and i hate that he's going to probably be in the season uh on an on a injured note but i mean like i yeah. said that's why we speak health and we speak peace over these guys because they are entertaining us but this is a very high contact physical sport and we want to see them ball out get to the playoffs and hopefully win the real lombardi trophy yeah. but we don't want to see anybody go down with a season ending injury possibly career in an injury in the late stages of the year man we want to see everybody go home to their families this holiday season and enjoy themselves of course we love fancy football we're gonna be talking about fancy football on this episode that's why y'all stop by but like i said we want to speak health over these guys man and people like Tua, man it's just tough to see these guys not performing because they were high draft picks this year man Tua was a high high draft pick that's what i'm saying went higher than him at some point in some of my leagues crazy that's what I'm saying, you know, because, I mean, everybody looked at the addition of, you know, they went and got Chase Edmonds, a receiving running back, and then they went and got Tyreek Hill, you know, a burner down the field. So, it was like, oh, man, two was going to be Mahomes. Well, not Mahomes, but Mahomes, you know. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. You know, and we don't, we saw flashes of it, right? We saw flashes of greatness. But these last couple of weeks has been, you know, and the defense has been more stout. I'll give it that. You know, it's been – a little harder to to move the ball, you know. But when you're elite, when you're Mahomes, when you're my, when you're Josh Allen, when you're you know Lamar Jackson, you make it happen. You mm-hmm. know, it don't matter. It doesn't matter who the opposition is. You make it happen. Um, so yeah, I, I was just curious because I mean, we so we look at Miami Dolphins their eight and five playoffs. You know, bound. And it's just like how far will they actually go? Mm. They won't go far if his head's not really there. I'm gonna say right That's what now, I'm man, saying. it takes elite level focus in the playoffs to get the job done, man. This is a one and done situation. Cannot slip up. No mistakes. Every play has to count. And I think right now, Tua is just out there feeling himself through the game right now. And that's that's not how you want your quarterback to be at this time of year. No, nah, hell no. Not when it's coming down to crunch time, like you said. You know what I'm saying? Regular season is coming down to the wire. Yeah, it is coming down to the wire, and we're going to be talking about them waiver wires here in a little bit. But before we do that, how about we get into some point leaders from week 14? I know y'all missed a lot of weeks, all right? Not really. I only missed like two. And so <laughs> with that being said, y'all also missed our picks. Unless you were on Clubhouse, you were on Twitter, or you were on Instagram, and you was looking at the stories, you were able to see our picks for each NFL week. Make sure y'all go over and tap in with all of those platforms, The Unbiased Truth TX on Twitter, Unbiased Truth on Clubhouse, and Unbiased Truth on Facebook. That's one of the other platforms that you can go to and make sure you listen to each episode of On the Block on every single platform that you listen to podcasts on. We had our picks though, Sino and I. We always sent each other text messages and I have dropped the ball, everybody. I'm not 
I'm not reigning supreme no more. Sino, you are in the lead. You want to you want to tell the people your 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 leaderboard scores now. Man, I didn't, you know, snuck on bomb. You know, I, we missed last week. You know, so I'm gonna tell y'all my record last week, guys. Week 14, I went 12 and two. Well, week 13, I went 12 and two. Week 14, this past week, I only did eight and five. So now I'm one eighteen and eighty eight, and I'm sitting at one fourteen and ninety two. Yes, you know, surpassed me. Uh, he just he just called him better. I was five and eight last week, man. I just wasn't hitting. I think I I, I didn't give my picks unbiasedly. I, I need to relax a little bit, man. I need to just just listen to my heart. And not to, my, to not to my roster. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at players. I'm like, I need that guy to do good. You know what I'm saying? No, but my heart is telling me no. But my roster is telling me yes. You know what I'm saying? So I got to figure out some type of, goodness gracious, some type of some type of unbiased platform that I can listen to to give me information that I can digest, man. <laughs> Thank God I'm on the block. <laughs> on the block, on the unbiased network. So, we're going to give more unbiased picks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. I hope that all of y'all have been getting your picks in as well. We'll be giving y'all some picks in this episode as well. But, man, let's do this point leaders list, man. Are we starting off with the QBs first? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We can start off with the QBs. Dope, man. Well, we got the point leaders for week 14, and uh, these guys really put in work. Coming in at number three, we had Russell Wilson. He had 27 points, 247 passing yards. He tossed three pass TDs. He had an INT and rushed for 57 yards. Russ was looking like a guy we could trust, but unfortunately, he'll have to sit it out and uh, figure out what he's going to do moving forward because he got injured. Coming in number two, speaking of getting hurt, Jalen Hurts put up 30 of them things. He had 217 passing yards, two pass TDs, and he got active. With his Nikes, he had 77 rushing yards and one rush TD. He's looking like the clear-cut number one fantasy sports quarterback this year. So, you know, it's it's probably close with him and Patrick Mahomes, maybe Josh Allen as well when it comes to throwing the ball. But Jalen Hurst just put on a master class in how to do it all with your arm, with your legs, and even your head. That man is doing work. Dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, truly, but coming in at number one, a guy that everybody thought would be a dog this past year, but it just hasn't panned out. Trevor Lawrence, yes, sunshine with the pretty hair. 33 points for Trevor Lawrence. He had 368 passing yards, three pass TDs, seven rush yards, and a rush TD. He was all over the field. Trevor Lawrence coming in number one for our week 14 point leader. Quarterback position. That's what's up. You know, I think we talked about T-Law a couple of weeks back, so it was good to see him finally, you know, Hey, he end up on the leaderboard at number mm-hmm. one at top, on top of that. So, now nah, shout out to T-Law and the quarterbacks up there. Going into the running back, starting off at number three, somebody that, you know, had a partner on the quarterback list, Miles Sanders for the Philly Eagles. He put up 28 points this past week. 
He had 17 carries for 114, no, excuse me, 144 rushing yards for two rushing touchdowns, and he had a reception for 11 receiving yards. I see Miles Sanders coming in at number two. Well, I guess they both were number two. It was a tie. We have Christian McCaffrey. He had 28 points as well. 14 carries, 119 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown. Also had two catches for 34 yards and a receiving touchdown. Coming in at number one, an unfamiliar face on this list, a Kansas City Chief, Jerick McKinnon. He had 29 points, six carries, 22 rushing yards, but that isn't where he got the job done. It was through the air, seven receptions, 112 receiving yards, and two, count them, two receiving touchdowns. That man, Jarek McKinnon, did the fool for the Kansas City Chiefs this past weekend. Yeah, he he was solid, man. They, and they need somebody like that, man. I think they always need some type of gadget-like player that can do the work. And Patrick Mahomes just showing that he's just – just it's just a living legend with the type of passes he can throw to score the football. I know you saw that one he threw to Jarek that was just like a just a walk-in at this point, man. Like what can't Patrick Mahomes do? Oh, that's right. Fail. Shout out to Patty. <laughs> you know He's almost saying? like Steph Curry. I'm not even surprised by like what he does anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they light skin, it's because of the talent. No, nah, definitely saying. not. Light <laughs> Hell no. <nah. laughs> man, let's talk about some guys that be acting light skin. Look at me, look at me. Throw me the ball, man. Always yes, divas on the field, man. Let's talk about those wide receivers. Coming in at number three, Jamar Chase back in action on the point leader list. He had 24 points, he had six rushing yards. 10 receptions, 119 Mm. receiving yards, and one TD. Welcome back, Jamar Chase, to our leaderboards. At number two, we got JJ, arguably the number two receiver in the league right now, with 28 points, 11 receptions, 223 yards. That's ridiculous. Animal. Animal, man. And coming in at number one, everybody's favorite Bronco, Jerry Judy. He had 29 points, eight receptions, 73 rushing yards, and not one, not two, but three receiving TDs. Jerry Judy, for the first time, graces the number one spot on the block, man. Shout out to that young man. Shout out to Jerry Judy because he's been on a lot of waiver wires this past this year, you know, just in general. So shout out to him for, you know, y'all ain't write me back. And if you didn't pick me up, you just missed out on the (laughs) Judy, man. Go on ham, you know, going into now for real and then going into some more pass catchers. You know, we got to talk about. The hog mollies up front, the offensive line, protecting the quarterbacks, the running backs, you know, making sure that all these plays have time to even happen. You know, those big fellas up front protecting everybody, holding it down. We appreciate y'all. And we appreciate these guys that are dual threat guys, you know. They hold it down up front, but also get out there and catch some passes. I'm talking about the tight end position. Coming in at number three, we have David Njoku. He had 16 points, seven receptions, 59 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Looks like he's him and Watson are getting a little acclimated here. Uh, coming in at number two, I'm going to just call him Chigo O 
for the Tennessee Titans, he's actually been having a pretty some pretty good weeks here lately. He had 16 points. He had six receptions, 45 receiving yards. He also caught a touchdown, but also added a two-point conversion to his stats. Coming in at number one, somebody that I'm, you know I'm always high on, and he finally got it to click with that man, T-Law. We have Evan Ingram putting up 34 points, 11 receptions, 162 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns as if that wasn't enough out of your tight end position. Is this last crazy. year, Sino? Did Sino just say Evan Ingram? Is Evan this Ingram. last year? Whoa, I feel like I jumped into a time machine for a minute, man. Craziness, man. Craziness. Yo, Evan Ingram. Yo, that is so good to hear. Shout out to that dude, man. Balling out with Trevor Lawrence proving why they brought him down there to Duval. Man, and speaking of Duval, yes, we got to go into the defenses, man. Coming in at number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars put up 12 points this past week. Now, they got scored on. They allowed 22 points, but they had four sacks, an interception, and three fumble recoveries. They were active as hell. A menace on the field this past week. Shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. They come in at number two with 15 points. They allowed 28 points, but they had six sacks, two INTTDs. They were literally unstoppable on the field. I saw them boys. They were swarming, swarming, swarming. They was trying to get active, man. But coming in at number one, Bill Belichick's boys out there in New England, they put up 20 points this past week. Only allowed 13 points on the scoreboard. Had six sacks, an interception, and a fumble recovery touchdown. Them men were all about it. They put up 20 points. I know y'all were happy if you were a Patriots owner. They put me over the mark that I needed this past week, man. I'm so glad that I went ahead and picked them up. I had a feeling, man. I knew it, man. I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and grab them Patriots, man. They, they performed. I'm dropping them this week but i appreciate y'all last week for sure man said i'm dropping them drop it like it's hot this week but i had them last week i mean that's how it goes with defenses you know we play the matchups we always talk about matchups we play the matchups when it comes to defenses guys y'all know that y'all listen to us y'all rock with us moving into the kickers the unsung heroes it's crazy because we actually have another Jacksonville player Riley Patterson comes in as number two on the list. There was a two-way top for number two. Riley Patterson had 13 points. He hit it from, well, two from 30 to 39, one from 40 to 49, and three PATs. Also in the two-way tie with Riley Patterson was Eddie Pinero with 13 points out of Carolina. He hit two from two from 30 to 39, one from 40 to 49 and three PATs. But also coming in at number one, we have Mr. Houstonian himself, Kami Fairbairn, who had 16 points. He actually put up one from 40 to 49, two 50 plus, and two PATs. He's actually a pretty solid kicker, kicks in the dome. So he just needs the Texans to get him in scoring position and not score a touchdown, of course. But hey. How often does that happen? 
Hey, young Kwame out there having things, man. I ain't mad at him, bro. I ain't mad at him. Welcome to the top of the leaderboard, Kwame. Nice to see you there, man. Try to stick around for a little bit. <laughs> right. Man, let's get into some waivers because I know people are burning up inside trying to figure out, damn, what do I do, man? The last time y'all talked to us, they they ended the trade deadline. Y'all was telling us, better make your trades, better get everything together because you can't be able to trade. And y'all thought I meant that you couldn't trade, um, you know, amongst each other. Yes, that's exactly what I meant, damn it. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant. So when I said you can't trade, that means you cannot offer anybody anymore. That means you can only go to the waiver wires. No, you cannot trade a player. Why, why were y'all DMing me telling me, man, I thought you was talking about that we couldn't trade. Yes, I did say you you couldn't trade damn like are we speaking english i know a lot of y'all around the universe listen to us unknown unknown i know you're still in that band listening to us as well but i i don't know how to make it any more clear to y'all you're gonna have to play the waivers the rest of the way luckily for y'all we're back to give you those options because things are looking really really bleak and i'm not talking about memphis Mm-hmm. In week 15, so you know, I'm talking about my waiver wires are looking dried up. I was mm-hmm. scrawling, man. I was like, damn, I don't know who to tell people to pick up at this point because it's all crucial. Some of y'all got bye weeks this week, and that's going to help you out with some of your players that are injured. We've told y'all multiple times this podcast should be called Barring Injury because mm-hmm. injuries are here. Injuries have shown up big time to end the year. That's why I'm speaking positivity. Like my guy CEO, the source and health over every player that chooses to lace him up this weekend and from here on out. Because, man, oh, man, the waiver wires are dried up. People are picking up third string quarterbacks. They're going and running and getting the fifth string wide receiver they're scouting the guy off the practice squad it's 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 getting tough so you know how are your waiver wires looking draw like you said bone graveyard i went to look for a a running back last week um because of the boss right and yeah there was nothing i i I ended up with james cook Mm. i had to start james cook that's how that's how leaders this Needless to say that 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 team isn't in the playoffs, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, Alvin Kamara, I want to say was on by. Um, I think somebody else, uh, uh, D Munt was on by. Somebody else, one of my other running backs was hurt. So it was just like, man, to have two healthy ones. I mean, like you said, wait, we was talking waivers. I mean, there wasn't any the slim pickings on the waivers, man. Mm-hmm. Slim Pickens on the waivers, dog. So yeah, I think Travis Homer was the next best guy. Oh man, yeah, that's see, that's tough right there. That's that's one of them things, man. Like you got to really play it how you see it, and and that's why we're here. That's why we're here, and we're gonna give you all the waiver picks for week fifteen, man. I'm gonna start off with the QBs, just like we started off with the QBs for our point leaders, man. Uh, the quarterbacks that are definitely gonna be available in these leagues are. Well, they used to be big names, except for the guy that's number one on our list. Uh, Derek Carr is taking on the New England Patriots, and that's why I got him at number three on this list. It's a possible bounce back game for Derek Carr. They, um, I mean, shit, shit trying to bounce back not only from a game, but from a badass season. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I'm, I'm just keeping it real, it's bro. Been horrible. I mean, 
he just needs to be able to to be a game manager for the rest of the year. And that's why I say it might be safe in some of those deeper leagues to go with Derek Carr if you lost your starting quarterback this past week to any type of injuries. They lost a tight one against the L.A. Rams, against Baker Mayfield. Derek Carr put up four points. And that's why I say it's not only going to be a bounce-back game for such a terrible performance against Baker Mayfield, it should be a bounce-back performance for him in a, in a season that hasn't been his best season when he's had some of his best weapons. Granted, some people went down due to injury. It's been fluctuating, but Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver on the planet. There's no reason why y'all shouldn't be making moves. And against the New England Patriots in the Dome, I think he has a really solid opportunity to give you the points that you need if you're looking at the just like, you know, keep something steadily going throughout the playoffs. Like we talked, like I text you one day, Devontae Adams is Hall of Fame quarter. I mean, running re, wide receiver, wide receiver, mm-hmm. you know, Hall of Fame. So I agree. I think that Derek Hart is definitely in a position to have a bounce back game. Uh, New England is, we know how New England defenses are going to take away what you're, what you're the best at. Mm-hmm. This year, that's been Josh Jacob. Josh Jacob has been running left, right, through the middle against everybody that he's played in recent weeks. The boy has been going hard. Mm-hmm. So I expect them to go hard against the against the running game, which should open up some passing lanes for De- Derek Carr. Uh, it's going to be for Derek Carr to take advantage. You know, the, yeah. the floor is his. The, you know, it's going to be opened up. You Like you said, Got one of the best wide receivers in the game, if not the best in the game right now. That's healthy for sure, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's on there. Uh, give him the keys and see what he's going to do with it. I mean, hey, he's got Waller and Renfro returning from IR. And uh, they said that Waller was at practice Wednesday. So that's a good sign. With those yeah. weapons coming back, it only opens up more opportunities for Tay to get loose. We've already seen what Josh Jacobs can do in the backfield. Uh, with everybody on their heels, I guarantee you he can open up things and, and be able to help you out in your leagues. Coming in number two, I got a Saint. Andy Dalton versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons defense is ranked number 24 against opposing quarterbacks this year. And Coach Dennis Allen just flat out believes in Andy Dalton, bro. He's not going to Jameis Winston around no more, all right? He said, all right, man, we're going with the Red Bomber, all right? We're not questioning it no more. We think he's the guy that can lead us to victory. With that being said, if they're going to treat Andy Dalton like a starting quarterback, I guarantee you in this matchup versus the Falcons, he's going to get that QB1 playbook and be able to show off some of his talents. They need a win, and they usually play very, very well against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not sure what it is, maybe. Maybe it's a personal rivalry, but they seem to have a very, very good game against them every single year. Look for Andy Dalton on your waiver wires. He could give you some very good luck. No, definitely. And Kamara has been struggling, struggling bad, Mm -hmm. terribly. Uh, I want to say the last couple of weeks, but it's almost been the whole year. So, especially if Kamara can't get things going. Now, he does have a plus matchup against Atlanta, but if he can't get things going on the ground, look for Andy Dalton to definitely be able to uh, air it out to Chris Olave and uh, Jarvis Landry a little bit more than they normally would to try and uh, overcome this Atlanta Falcons team, for sure. 
Yeah, and I believe that defense is going to be able to help him out as well. Um, Desmond Ritter will be the starting quarterback from what we understand for the Falcons. I believe that defense can get a couple of three and outs on the young Bulls to, you know, get the game going and put Andy in some prime scoring position. So right. let's look to that Saints defense to be that helping hand for him this this week. I don't know if Kamara can do it, but if that Saints defense does what they need to do and keep that rookie on his toes, they'll be able to have a really high-scoring game against a team that they usually play up to, like I said. No, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. And coming in number one on the waiver wires, he should probably be um, in people's – at, at least on their bench. I'm not sure, but but on my waiver wires, at least three of my leagues, this guy is still sitting there. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been sneaky, just decent this year. He has not been great. He has not been somebody I would say that was a QB1. But if you lost somebody last week to injury, if you're scared, Go with Daniel Jones versus Washington. Uh, he's coming off of one of those little quiet weeks. He didn't have a, a big game or anything like that. But they're on a mission to make sure they have that playoff berth. So that means that Daniel Jones is not going to play down to any more competition. He's going to try to play his best football. And he's shown that he can try to make a receiver here and there. And uh, Saquon playing, he balling. Uh, why not go with Daniel Jones? Trust the Giants to put him in some really good positions to not only throw the ball in, but Daniel going to get active with them legs, too. He could run a couple touchdowns. So uh, a lot of our Saquon owners know what I'm talking about. He be stealing. That boy be stealing touchdowns. Wow. And uh, with this, with these matchups, especially against Washington, I think Daniel Jones could get you at least 20 to, to uh, high 30s this upcoming week. Yeah, no, like you said, Daniel Jones is going to use his legs. So, I mean, that's a plus for him for sure. Um, when you have a, a quarterback that's going to use his legs, I mean, he could score running and throwing. Um, on top of that, I think the, the one thing that Daniel Jones is missing is a go-to receiver. Mm-hmm. Should definitely look at Saquon dump downs, uh, dump offs a little more often. Um, but definitely believe that with the matchup this week against Washington, who I believe their offense has been clicking as of late on the ground and through the air, Daniel Jones will need to put up some points. Um, yeah. Whether that's through the, on the ground or through the air, I think he's going to have to keep up. So um, I do like, and like you said, they're they're looking to secure a playoff berth. They're looking to win. Um, they need to score some points because Washington's going to score some points. So uh, I don't like I don't dislike the pick. I like I like the pick. I like the mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're right, bro. He's going to have to figure out some way to score the football. I like that chemistry he's got going with Isaiah Hodgins right now. Uh, back-to-back touchdowns and, and I mean, in, in a loss, but he still scored a touchdown. Uh, and Richie James, even though he had that concussion, yeah. I hope that they can figure out some way to get my guy back. Uh, health, health over that young man and everybody on that roster, man. I'm just, goodness gracious, man. It's everywhere, man. Good. Oh man, it's crazy! It's crazy. I mean, getting into these running backs, the guy like number three on this list, he got his first start because of health. Mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson goes down due to injury. Tyler Algier comes in, steps in. That's who's number three on our list versus New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is number three in rushing yards on the season. Number four in rushing attempts. You know, they are going to have Desmond Ritter, as we talked about, in a quarterback. So why not? ease the load on a rookie again a rookie qb 
in his first start going against Cam Jordan and the New Orleans Saints. Let's lighten the load and hand the ball off to Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, who's been averaging about 50% of the snaps, you know, here recently. So if you're struggling at running back and you don't see anything on your waiver wire, you see Algier sitting there, give him a look. Definitely give them a look. I think New Orleans run. I think New Orleans can be run against. They do have a pretty good run defense, but they can be run against. I say give that man a look. Give definitely give Algier a look because he has performed. One thing he has done is perform with his um, perform with his opportunities. He's done pretty decent with his opportunities for sure. Yeah, yeah. Look for him to be that relief for Patterson. No, no doubt in my mind about it. They're gonna handcuff them together to to work that rookie into what they're trying to get done on, on Sunday. So Algier and Huntley have always been those two guys that we've talked about as handcuffs, right? Well, remove the handcuffs on Huntley unless Huntley can get in there and mix the things up. Uh, but right now, man, look at that Patterson Algier connection to 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 be. Active as hell on Sunday. Those Saints are going to have that young man running. <laughs> no, definitely. And looking, talking about Huntley, looking at number two, we're going to have Gus Edwards slash J.K. Dobbins. You know, Huntley coming in uh, to fill in for that man, Lamar Jackson. So we're going to look to have this Tom share at the running back position. Not only that, Huntley, we don't want to throw the ball a bunch of times. We're going against the Cleveland Browns this week. We would much rather be in a game management position where we know the Cleveland Browns probably want to do the same thing. They have Deshaun Washington coming back. Nick Chubb want to kind of ground the ball on the, uh, yeah, ground the ball on the, uh, run the ball on the ground, excuse me. And then uh, J.K. Dobbins we have coming back off a recent injury, but balled out last week. Also, Gus Edwards doing his thing on the ground last week as well. So if you see either of these guys on the waiver wire, definitely look at J.K. Dobbins first. He's going to be the starter. He's going to get most of the the touches more than likely. But don't be surprised if Gus Edwards, the bigger back, vultures a couple of touchdowns and gets some carries as well. He's definitely going to get some carries. He's going to get his name called, number called, because the Ravens are going to run the ball. That's what they're going to do. So yeah. look for Gus Edwards, you know, to get some run. He might vulture some touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins is going to do what J.K. Dobbins is going to do. So, dude, boom, boom. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Man, I'm telling you right now, um, this 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 handcuff right here is is very sneaky because both these guys be hella injured, and that's the annoying part yeah. about. Yeah. Fantasy uh, sports. We appreciate these people in real life. Yes, we admire them, and we hope that all of them stay healthy. But in fantasy sports, we cannot have these injuries. Dog, I'm trying to win the Lombardi Trophy. Why now? Both these guys are coming back, and J.K. Dobbins is still working his way into things. Yeah, he had that knee situation, but he had 18 points last week. He actually stole the show from Gus Edwards. So Gus will be looking to bounce back the same way J.K. is looking to 
stay on track. It'll be a timeshare backfield, but I have no doubt in my mind that against Cleveland, they'll be able to help uh, Huntley get acclimated with that offense a little better, man. I, I don't know if he'll be able to throw it to anybody or have somebody that he can trust outside of Mark Andrews in that receiving core, but I do believe that that running back handcuff duo will be able to at least get 100 yards, if not together, a piece. No, definitely. They definitely should be able to get it together. And like you said, they should probably be able to get it a piece as well. So definitely go look for them. And on number one, well, sitting at number one is a guy sitting on the other sideline. It's Crispy Kareem going against the Baltimore Ravens this week. Another guy that may vulture some touchdowns. But also, that means... But also in this game, they're going against the Baltimore Ravens, who actually have a pretty, pretty stout run defense that Nick Chubb is going to face. So Nick Chubb is going to wear him down. Crispy Kareem is going to come in and punch it in. And or if we can't get anything going on the ground, we all know Nick Chubb isn't the receiver out of the backfield that Crispy Kareem is. And Crispy Kareem could be spread out wide. So. Crispy Kareem definitely has upside in this game, not only on the ground, but through the air, where if Baltimore's run defense is a little too strong, Crispy Kareem come in and make some plays. If you're in PPR, definitely look to pick that man up in a game that could become mm, decently scoring, but should allow Crispy Kareem to have some opportunities, not only out of the backfield, but possibly spread out wide as well. Yeah, man, I, I like Krispy Kareem coming in at number one on the waivers this week for our running backs because, like I said, man, um, there's something about those tandems. And him and Chubb, are it just works for that Browns running game. The way Nick Chubb just wears down defense for damn near 80 yards and then Kareem Hunt just slides in there and just walks Slide. right in the end zone. It's like, damn, man, it's, you, can't, you can't beat it now. If you're a Chubb fan or you have Chubb on your fantasy team, it's kind of annoying because he never really gets that touchdown. But um, last time they played against Baltimore, Chubb had a game. He almost had 100 yards on them boys. As a matter of fact, he put up 91 of them things, man. He was balling out. It was ridiculous. They couldn't do nothing with him, and even Cream Hunt got out there. Not only was he in the passing game, but he was also active and got a rush touchdown. So, yeah, man, if you want somebody that's going to vulture a touchdown or two, you're in those deeper leagues, and you can't find a running back at all. Like, I was looking last week and couldn't find anybody at all. Kareem Hunt could be sitting around somewhere and just sneaking on by you. Make sure you grab that boy up. He can give you a touchdown or two this week. Most definitely, Crispy Kareem, look him up, man. That mm-hmm. Browns versus uh, Browns versus Ravens game. Look for Crispy Kareem to put up a couple of numbers, man. Mm-hmm. Now, like we said, it's a tough defense, but I do believe that young man can get it done, man. Speaking of some guys that's going to go up against some tough defenses, but they'll be able to overcome, let's talk about those wide receivers because this is damn near impossible to find right now. A solid wide receiver on the waivers? Nah, nah. Forget about it. Forget about it. Everybody's taking. Anybody that could score is is on somebody's bench. 
But uh, coming in number three, I got Elijah Moore. He's going to be going against the Detroit Lions. He's coming off a season-high 10 targets. And it seems like if there's no Wilson, there's no problem for Elijah Moore. He's excelling. He has a ceiling. Nobody knows who the number one receiver is for the New York Jets. He could make his claim late in the season and possibly come back next season with some plays designed for him. Look at Elijah Moore in week 15 to pick up where he left off last week. I like I like Elijah Moore. I raise you Elijah Moore with I like DJ Chark as well, man. Mm. He's come on as of late. Um, I think Jared Goff has been slinging that thing around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he has enough targets to feed everybody on the team. I like DJ Chark at a number three as well against the Jets this week. Yeah, DJ Chark had a monster game last week, man. He put up 20-plus points in some people's leagues. Had a receiving touchdown. He caught the ball six times. Had 94 receiving yards. Ain't got no issue with saying that DJ Chark is a solid pickup, especially with that compromised Detroit backfield. Love Jamal Williams, but DeAndre Swift, what you doing, bro? That's your backfield, man. That's your backfield. What what the hell is going on, bro? <laughs> I can't call it at all. Now, Jamal Williams has the most touchdowns at the running back positions this year. Cannot downplay that. But it's compromised this late in the season, and that's not okay. I do agree, man. DJ Chark could definitely eat greedy. But um, if, if Elijah Moore don't do it for y'all, you could definitely go to number two on this list because I like him a lot. And he also plays right along with DJ Chark. Josh Reynolds, he'll be taking on the Jets. And, I mean, he's not seeing consistent targets, but he is forming a bond with Jared Goff. And I like that, man. Like, even last week, he had a monster game as well. He had himself a touchdown, five receptions, 51 yards, put up 16 points in some people's leagues. I think he'll continue to do so, man. Jared Goff likes that young man. And what I like about him is he plays all of his snaps, man. He has a high snap count. If you just out there on the field, at some point they're gonna target you, bro. He's staying active. He's in that in that uh passing offense that Cino told y'all has a ton of targets to give out. Yeah, look at Josh Reynolds at number two to take on the Jets and possibly be in the red zone kicking it and doing another celebration dance. Yeah, man. I like Josh Reynolds. I also like at a number two spot Zay Jones. A guy that's only like 44% on right now. But in the last four games, he's seeing 10 targets, 14 targets, 7 targets, and 12 targets. That target share, I like Zay Jones. He's going up against Dallas Cowboys. Tough matchup, tough matchup. Trey Diggs and company. But... We know Dallas is probably going to co- score some points, which means Jack Jacksonville is going to have to score some points, which means Trevor Lawrence, who's coming off the best game of the season, is going to want to throw the football. And mm-hmm. I think that means Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram will get peppered with targets again. <laughs> I like Zay Jones in at a, uh, at, at a number two spot. I think although they have a tough matchup, I think the Jaguars aren't going to lay down and they're going to throw that ball. Zay Jones, I think all of the Jaguar receivers are pretty good this week. I dig that, bro. I dig that, man. Well, hey, 
y'all y'all lock in either one of those guys at your number two spot because uh we're predicting touchdowns touchdowns for both sure. yo touchdowns and coming in number one a guy who uh can ball out for sure, man. And he's sneaky as hell on a high-powered offense. Isaiah McKenzie versus the Miami Dolphins. It's cold in Buffalo. You know them Florida boys don't want none of that cold. And in week three, he caught seven passes for 76 yards and one TD. He also rushed for six yards. He put up 21 points, y'all. And he's the third option on the Bills. Yeah. I say you look at Isaiah McKenzie again at home to do something similar to that. He's going to pick up where he left off because he's still the number three option on that offense. And they're going to have so much to cover that he's going to slip on by and do what he did last game. Love Isaiah McKenzie because the Bills will definitely throw the ball. They can't really. I'm not going to say they can't. They don't really run the ball a ton with their running backs. And if they do, it's with Josh Allen, who's really RB1. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. I like as well at the top spot, because for some reason, he's only 68% owned in leagues. You know, that's not, that's still 30% of y'all. Y'all can still go grab this man. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. I know Russ is out this week, but Cortland Sutton is also probably out. They're going against the Arizona Cardinals, whose offense with Colt McCoy isn't all that bad. They're at least going to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and we know what DeAndre Hopkins can do with the ball. So I think Jerry, Judy, and the Broncos are going to need to score some points. The running game has been (laughs) mediocre. Again, Cortland Sutton is likely going to be out. Kendall Hinton is likely going to be out. They're only going to have one person to throw the ball to. Jerry Judy has the ability to get open against defenses, even if they know he's going to get the ball. He's just going to have to catch it and not get injured. Barring injury, Jerry Judy. I like now, that. Sino, there's rumors out of the Mile High City that Russell Wilson might be playing in Week 15. If he play, to the moon. To the moon. And I was thinking, with, with, how you say his last name, Ripien? Yeah, uh, Brett the Threat. Oh, Brett yeah, the Threat. I was, yeah. I, I was still, I'm still rocking with Judy with Brett the Threat in there. I'm yeah. still rocking with Judy because he really the only receiver that he, I mean, in Dulcich, at tight end. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if Russ is in there, definitely to the moon with Judy. Hey, I'm just saying, he was limited in practice Thursday, which is an amazing sign. All he needs is two practices under his belt and a questionable designation, and we may see Russell Wilson take the field. If that's the case, yes, to the moon with Jerry Judy, man. man. He's going to be on the leader points list again. I'm excited for him, man. Hopefully so, though, man. Stay healthy, everybody. That's what I'm saying, man. Getting into some of these other waiver picks, man. You know, some of these guys that that also still catch the ball. Moving into these tight end picks, man. At number three, I like a guy who's probably been dropped in a couple of leagues because they're coming off of a bye week. His quarterback has been coming on strong lately, not only with his legs, but with his arm. I'm talking Justin Fields and Cole Komet. I like Cole Komet at the number three spot. They have a Philadelphia Eagles 
matchup that's going to be extremely tough for him. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be tough for him. But Justin Fields is going to need to throw the ball to somebody. And the number one receiver is Chase Claypool because Mooney is out for the season at this point. So I know Cole Komet and Justin Fields have good rapport. Justin Fields likes to throw the ball to the big body guy. The big body guy is athletic enough to go make plays and get into the end zone. So I like Cole Komet at number three versus the Philly Eagles, even in a in, even in a very tough matchup. Cole Komet is not a bad pick at all, especially since they had that matchup there that's going to demand that they throw the ball. Get open, Cole. That's all you need to do is get open, man. That's that ball going to be in there. Man. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. I think Cole Komet could definitely score us some points in week 15. Coming in at number two, Again, we were talking about those Jaguars, man, and this guy just went ham. Probably the best uh, game of his career. I'm talking Evan Ingram last game. He had 15 targets, had 15 receptions on 15 targets, man. I like Evan Ingram again against this Dallas Cowboys defense, who is tough, but they're going to score points, which means the Jaguars, if they want to win, you're going to have to score points to catch up, which means they're going to more than likely throw the ball. The man had 15 targets last week. Granted, you know, that meant Christian Kirk took a bit of a backseat last week. I don't expect Christian Kirk to take too much of a backseat again. He still had seven targets. Zay Jones still had 10-plus targets. I think it's still possible for all of those guys to have eight-plus targets again in this game against this Dallas Cowboys defense, man. I like Evan Ingram as number two. Yeah, Evan Ingram definitely has a chance to shine once again, man. They're going to have to throw the ball. It's that simple. A lot of the times when we add these tight ends to the waiver wire, it's because their team is going to definitely be throwing the ball this week. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, there's no doubt about it. We wouldn't even bring them up if that's the case. They don't get no points for pancakes. They don't get no points for blocking for the running back. No, they get points for being targets. So if you see some of these tight ends or if you see matchups that you believe, hey, man, they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be playing from behind. Definitely look at these tight ends because, yes, man, going against Dallas, the Jaguars are going to have to figure out a way to get Trevor Lawrence to perform like he performed last game. A big part of that was them putting Evan Ingram in these spots that he was able to overpower the defender and get loose like juice. You know what I'm saying? Young man knew what he was doing last game. Let's see what he can do against a team like the Dallas Cowboys. He's a great pick on the waiver wire. Man, and coming in at number one, man, these Denver Broncos, I guess they got me. I don't know what it is. But I think it's the matchup against Arizona, who Kyler Murray's out, but Colt McCoy has been solid at quarterback. So I still believe that Arizona will be good offensively, which means Denver Broncos will need to put up points offensively, which means Greg Dulcich, since Cortland Sutton's out, will probably be number two behind Jerry Judy of on targets. You know, in the past two games, last game he had eight targets, game before that he had eight targets. You know, I think Dosich is a guy that they want to get involved. He's a rookie. He's athletic. He's fast. He can catch. Uh, just get the man the ball. You know, so yeah. Russell Wilson plays. He'll be looking to get him the ball. But if uh, Brett the Threat plays, I think he'll be looking to get the ball to somebody that has a bigger body and can show it off a receiver. 
it looks like Greg, somebody that can continue to help help somebody out. You know, that bigger body typically helps their, their quarterback out. So uh, I definitely like Greg at the I – ha, I have him at the number one spot this week. I think him and Evan Ingram are a bit interchangeable, honestly. But, mm-hmm. hey. Solid pick, bro, especially when somebody says they're going to use you like a wide receiver. That can only mean one thing. You about to get targets, bro. Target. Get ready, because them balls coming your way, bro. Like, <laughs> no doubt about it, man. So, yeah, yeah, Greg at number one, I ain't going to hate on it at all, bro. Make sure y'all lock in those tight end picks, because week 15 is actively going on right now. As a matter of fact, the Thursday night game oh, is going on while we record that right now. So, I mean, hey, just wait, just wait. Y'all, them picks are on the way. But let's talk about some of those defenses. We'll knock out the kickers, and then we might just give y'all some picks. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, number three. Let's start right there, man. The Washington Commanders are going against the New York Giants. This pick is nice, you know. Why'd you got them there at number three? Man, you know, the Giants, uh, they're going to be looking for a comeback, you know. They just got stifled last week, though. So, the Washington Commanders have been on a roll. Their defense has been playing great. Their offense has been playing even better, which is to say... Um, something because the defense has, I mean, the offense has been playing pretty stellar and not lights out. Somebody that we left off the list was Jahan Dodson, I think is a waiver pickup if he's available in your league because uh, he's probably one of the better route runners on the team and has some excellent hands. The man's going to make plays. But I think that the New York Giants don't have enough weapons on the outside. We know about Barkley. We know about Jones. But they're going to have to make the plays. And we know Washington defense has been solid. So I like the other thing is I don't think there are a ton of matchups this week that don't have obvious like uh, defenses that are obviously already gone. You know, like uh, a San Francisco is still not an easy matchup for them, but I'm sure San Francisco has gone. New England, that's a great defense to have this week. Against Las Vegas, probably, but they're probably already gone. So I like Washington. I know it's a bit, mm, it's a bit of a stretch, but I think they'll be able to hold their own against the New York Giants this week. Yeah, man. That that the the fact that Daniel Jones is the number one quarterback on our waiver wire list, and somehow the Washington Commanders find their way on the defensive side of it, lets me know that that game could go one of two ways. It could be nah, really good like, for Daniel, or it could be very good for this the Washington defense, man. And the reason why it could be very good is for those reasons that you pointed out. We just don't know. They're too compromised in that receiving core, bro. Even Kenny Galladay is looking washed. Nah, I understand it. Richie James is, oh, man. Like, I just, you know what? It's just, at this point, I'm not even sure if Tony could have helped them out of this rut that they're in at that receiving position. They just had to get them up out of there, you know, but it's just hard to see a team that was looking so good only be a one trick pony in December. They got to figure out a way to get it done. If not, Washington will put up some good points. They might just sit at 10 and everybody knows if a defense gives you 10, then they did their damn job and they might just give you 10. It might not even be a threat this game. Hopefully, they give y'all some points because, man, oh, man, some of y'all are fighting to stay in the playoffs this week. And I, I guarantee you, if you play this matchup, you're going to be happy. 
for sure. No, most definitely, bro. And I think because they tied the last time they met, and mm-hmm. we what was that? I think it was thirteen. Um, they actually tied when they met. Washington had eight points. The Giants had eleven points. Eight points, I can rock with. Mm-hmm. I can rock with eight points. I don't think the Giants hold. Um, I don't think the Giants hold Washington to the same the same points this time. No, I think Washington scores a few more this game. Mm-hmm. It's very possible, man. And speaking of scoring points, number two on this list, man, I think the KC defense is about to run amok versus the Houston Texans. This is one of those obvious starts, especially if there's no Damian Pierce. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah, no, no Damian Pierce. KC's defense has actually been extremely good here recently. Um, a Houston Texans team that's gasping for air, gasping for air, man. And I know KC struggled against Russ cooking last week, but there is no Russ on the other side of this game. I think uh, KC kind of wins this one with their eyes closed. Very possible, man. They're going to pull out that weapon that they have at the running back position. You know what I'm talking about. Isaiah Pacheco. Nah, him and Jerry McKinnon, they definitely going to be on the timeshare. And I mean, hey, even Juju is popping back up and showing what he can do, man. You saw what he did last game. Put up 22 points in some people's leagues. He had nine receptions, 74 yards, and a TD. He'll be looking to repeat. That performance, man, because he's looking like the clear-cut number one receiver now. Kadarius Tony, everybody thought they brought him over there to be that guy or to be Himothy, but he's still limited in practice, man. He's limited as a, as current as Thursday. Be on the lookout. He's questionable coming into this matchup in Week 15. There's a possibility that the KC defense will get to get the chance to not only get a, a couple of three and outs, but they might have some fumbles. They might have some INTs. They might have, they, they, you know what, bro? I'm just gonna call it now. They're gonna have at least two defensive touchdowns. Two, two, bro, two. Especially if there's no Damian Pierce, Rex yeah, Burkhead. Yeah. Ain't nobody scared of Rex Burkhead. Ain't no Brandon Cooks. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah, nah, you ain't never lie about that. I think it's uh, it's pretty much over with for them boys. That is really they should have been number one because I see number number one. I still had an old matchup Seattle versus Carolina. Seattle definitely playing in San Francisco definitely wouldn't be a number one pick this week. Over them, I, I I think I would I would toy with maybe a Minnesota versus Indianapolis who's been struggling. Mm-hmm. A Minnesota Vikings team who just lost last week and is definitely looking to bounce back and show the world that, you know, that was in Detroit's house, not in Minnesota's house. We're going to hold it down in Minnesota's house. Mm-hmm. It could get interesting, man. It could get hella interesting, man. Who you got at the top spot of that defensive leaderboard list? Excuse me, of that defensive waiver wire list. Man, if if not the Minnesota, I would I, I think I would have to probably look at uh man, some, uh, something's telling me something's telling me, man. I was looking at New England, but I don't really I don't love that New England matchup. Mm-hmm. We talk I talk about I harp on Jared Goff at home so much, 
Something's telling me the New York Jets at home versus Detroit away. Jared Goff is gonna have some some gimmies. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be it'll be his first away game in a while. He's been cooking. Something's telling me, man. I think Jared Goff is gonna have some gimmies in this game against the New York Jets. And we know the Jets have been strong this year. They've been solid. Defense has actually been one of their strong suits. I, I, I don't. I Jared, Jared, it's hard because Jared Goff has been red hot, red hot, right? But yeah, if I were a betting man, I would say the Jets are going. Sauce Gardner is going to put him, put that man Jared Goff, Goff through the ringer this week. I, I, I'm calling. Uh, I think. So. Oh I, damn! I think Sauce Gardner is going to get him one. You know what, bro? I cannot tell a lie. That is not a bad pick, especially if you're in those 12-man leagues and you're not sure how to play matchups well. You're trying to look for somebody that could get some work in. I like that pick, bro. I'm not going to say I'm going to go with it as far as my personal biases, but if I'm being (laughs) unbiased, yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think, think, man, I just something's telling me Something's telling me Jared Goff is not at home, and I trust. I trust the Garrett. Don't get me wrong. I trust Jared Goff at home, but he ain't at home this week. So I gotta. I, I like. I like the Jets defense, man. I think that's that's what's gonna round out our defenses, our our waiver wire defenses for the for week fifteen, bro. That's what that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna stick a fork into. I'm sticking a fork in it out. All right, all right, man. Well, let's talk about some of those unsung heroes guys you should look for to kick the ball through the uprights in week 15 coming in at number three we got evan mcpherson with them Bengals, man taking on tampa bay you know it's one of them things man tb12 cannot be trusted right now the tampa mm-hmm. bay buccaneers coaching staff is not not doing their job whatsoever it's clear to me that whatever they're gonna do uh, they're going to have to do it quickly, and I think that that's going to cause the Bengals' defense to get a lot of three and outs, a lot of opportunities to get them in at least field goal range. And Everett McPherson can just go ahead and just hang his hat on the fact that he'll be called in to get them that extra three points. That's what I'm saying as well. I, I, that's what I'm thinking as well. I think we still don't know T. Higgins going to be able to play. He's been practicing a little bit. Chase going to do what Chase does. Tampa Bay's defense, even though – Outside of last week, you know, and that's more so probably the offense just not being able to do anything, defense having to do everything, getting tired. But uh, I think Tampa Bay's defense plays better. They're at home. They play better this week. Make it harder for Burrow. Evan McPherson comes in, kicks some field goals. Or, and or he mm. kicks some PATs. If, the, if Tampa Bay of last week shows up, there'll be plenty of PATs for him to kick. So, hey. That's very true, bro. I don't know if Tampa Bay will, honestly. I think Tampa Bay is just going to be – I think it's going to be better. But, I, I honestly, man, against the Bengals, they're going to have to score, bro. So, I think they're going to be on point. Um, this could be a shootout. This could this could be a shootout. If Tom Brady got to throw the ball 55 times, then he got to throw it 55 times. You know what I'm saying? But this could easily be a shootout. And those PATs going to come one way or another. <laughs> no, nah, Definitely. 
I see a I see a guy at number two who I like. It's Mr. Bagley playing for the Lions. Now he is going up against them Jets, but uh, they'll be a, they'll be in field goal range, right? Jared Goff can get them in field goal range. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, Jared Goff. I don't know, but with the Jets defense being as tough as it is, him having to make a couple of plays, maybe DeAndre Swift gets it going more than he has on the ground lately. Detroit has enough weapons to get them in field goal range. I believe Bagley should be able to definitely kick it in. He's definitely got the leg to put it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's hope that he does too because a lot of times uh, what happens is we go into these matchups that that look like just, I mean, snooze fest is the best way to put it, man. Like the Giants, I mean, the Jets versus the Lions, yeah, nah, man, that don't sound impressive at all. But if you have the opportunity to get a kicker or a defense in these get matchups, I mean, you, you see some pretty impressive points, man. Bagley could easily come out putting up at least 11 to 15 points in this game. Definitely, definitely. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, because like we said, he might get in a field goal range. He might not. He might have to boot a couple from 50 plus. Big points, big points. Yep, yep. Especially with that team, it's just. We'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Number one on the list is Jason Myers with the Seattle Seahawks. This is a tough matchup. Seattle might only be able to kick field goals. Don't be surprised if Jason Myers is the number one scoring option in that Thursday night game. Mm. Mm. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm looking at it now. My boy, I'm glad I kept him on the bench. K-9. Can't get anything going on the ground. Nine for six. I mean, three for six right now. Seattle, they're struggling to move the ball right now. If they can get in the field goal range, Jason Myers can definitely put it through. He might be. He might. You talked about Geno being the dog. Geno going, you know, he's going to get him there. He can probably get him there. He might not be able to get him all the way there, but he can get him there. And Jason Myers should be able to kick a couple of through there. Kick, kick, kick a couple through there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Shout out to Jason Myers coming in at number one on our waiver wire picks. He's actually playing right now because the Thursday night game is upon us. And you know what? In the spirit of Thursday night game, shit, in the spirit of football, period, how about we go ahead and get into these picks for week 15? So, you know, you, you think you're ready to lay it on the people? I yeah, man. I'm pretty much, I pretty much, I think I got my mind my, my locked in. I think I know who I'm going with this week. Dope, man. Well, we've already mentioned that the Thursday night game, the 49ers versus the Seahawks, is taking place as we record this episode. Y'all will be hearing it pretty soon, you know, so make sure that y'all stay tuned in. Set your notification bells for when this episode drops. And, you know, we always put information in the timestamp so you can skip around to your favorite part of the episode to kind of just, you know, hear what you need to hear and get going. Thankfully, we're back, and we're here to give you our picks. Y'all heard it. Sino is up on me by four games now. He has 118 in the win column to my 114. But I believe that this week is the week that I at least go undefeated. I might not be able to catch up, but I'm at least go undefeated. 
you know what I'm saying, man? And, I mean, let's just talk about this Thursday night game real quick, man. We got the 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going with the 49ers simply because Brock Purdy cannot be stopped right now. I don't think that Geno has a letter long enough that Brock Purdy will read or respond to. He's just getting to the business, and I don't see anybody stopping that offense, let alone that monster on defense by the name of Bosa. Yeah, no, like, like I said, you know, he has the yak monsters. He just has to give them the ball. I'm definitely going to San Francisco. Although I love Gino, and, you know, they didn't write my boy back. I still got to go. Uh, I got to go Purdy and San Francisco Niners in this one, man. Mm-hmm. What about those games that come on Saturday? That's right. You heard it here first, folks. There's Saturday Football in America because the playoffs need to be decided. Damn it, it's coming down to the wire. So make sure y'all are setting your picks as soon as possible. Check your lineups, okay? As soon as possible. Don't be mad at us when you wake up Sunday morning like, damn, man, my team's in already play. What's going on? Man, it was Saturday games. All right. So wake up, smell the coffee at 12 o'clock on Saturday, December 17th. That's Central Standard Time because the Indianapolis Colts will be battling the Minnesota Vikings. The Colts are coming off a bye week, which means that Jonathan Taylor's legs are going to be extremely fresh. He's going to be ready to run all over this defense. The Vikings are coming off a very embarrassing loss to the Detroit Lions. They're going to have to play at a high level, but I'm not sure if that defense is going to be able to stop a fresh Jonathan Taylor. With that being said, I'm going with Huncho himself. I'm going with them Colts to beat them purple people eaters. Man. That's a hey, oof, okay, man. Hey, oh, hey, I said it, brother. I said hey, it. All righty, okay. I like, I like the Minnesota purple. I got the purple lead, people leaders. I, I, I went against. I did go against Minnesota last week against Jared Goff. That was Jared Goff at home. This mm-hmm. week we got purple leaders at home. People leaders at home. I think it's a bounce back game for, like you said, you got Jonathan Taylor on the other end. I think Dalvin Cook. He's been mm, a little mediocre. He's passed due for a breakout game. I got to rock with uh, that man. Justin Jefferson had 223 yards and no touchdowns last week. I think he wants a touchdown this week. Yeah, I got to rock with the, the Vikes on this one, man. Yeah. Best of luck to them, man. And, and they possibly <laughs> could do work. Not going to lie. They possibly could do work. But, I mean, hey, man, fresh honcho. I'm going for it. What about the other Saturday game? There's actually one more after this one as well. The Baltimore Ravens will be taking on the Cleveland Browns in a divisional matchup. Now, the Browns are sitting at 5-8 and eight while the Ravens are riding high at 9-4. and four. The Ravens don't have a Lamborghini to show any mercy to them. They're going to have to do it the hard way. Huntley's going to have to figure out what he's going to do. And do it fast because Deshaun Watson's also in a weird situation. He doesn't really know his offense that well either. So they're both going to be in a 